So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please navigate to secondwindcollective.com for more info. Again, that's secondwindcollective.com. Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and as always, joining me from Toronto, Ontario, is Cliff Murphy. Cliff, how are you? I'm good. Also, not always, is joining me from Chicago, Illinois, Stephen Hanthorne. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to have you aboard. Uh, this week, we'll be discussing the Ratchet and Clank series. There have been approximately 1,100 Ratchet and Clank games released on the PlayStation 2 <laughs> and 3 and other Sony systems. Uh, so for this one, we need a little bit of backup. I have not played too many of these myself, so Stephen was kind enough to jump in. I will be covering as many of the games as we've played, and you know just why they're why they're funny, why why they've got a bit of a reverent humor to them. As yeah, a, that sounds great. Great. Uh, as a quick reminder, so many bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Uh, before we get into the Ratchet and Clank discussion, though, we'll do a little bit of talk about what games we've been playing lately. Uh, so, Stephen, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, just, uh, have you been playing anything lately? Uh, yeah, actually I started going through the, uh, old Prince of Persia games, because they have the, uh, collection of the trilogy, the original trilogy, uh, for PS3, so I've been going through those, and I'm on, uh, Warrior Within right now. Uh, I played through the first one when it first came out, loved it, never played any of the sequels, so, uh, you know, I was just at the store the other day and I got an old used copy, and I'm on the second game right now. That's great. I, I played a little bit of the first one, and I really enjoyed... The hourglass feature, where you could rewind your the time and do the jumps over again. Yeah, that's it. that's still a feature of it. It's uh, very useful uh, right now, though. It's one of those things where, like, I think with a lot of PS2 games, they were really glitchy when you have the puzzle-solving aspect of like climbing through the levels and stuff. So I'm kind of having to loop right now, and it's a bit of annoying. So I'm glad we decided to do the podcast. <laughs> One of the uh, narrative hooks that I liked in the game is uh, when you die, it's not just like uh, the prince dies, but he's narrating the story as it goes, and he's like, well, wait, that's that's not how it happened. Yeah, the ch- the ch- that was a really charming thing about the first one. A lot of the stuff I liked about the first game is uh, the second game misses a lot of it. Like, it's not a story he's telling. Oh. Um, it's a lot edgier, which I can understand, like, especially since they were competing with God of War that was coming out at that time and all that stuff. But it doesn't have the same uh, heart as the first one did. Like, in the first one, he's, uh, you know, he's getting to know Farah, who's this girl that's very interesting to him. Uh, his father, there's a level where you have to fight your father. Um, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff going on. This one, it's very just, uh, we slap a story together so that way we can get another Prince of Persia out. You're going to stop the Sands of Time from being creative, so you're traveling through the past and through the future. You still have the feature of, like, rewinding time and things like that. There are a lot more combos in the game now. Uh, and you're dual wielding, but you don't have the dagger of time like you did in the first one. Uh, you just are picking up random weapons. So you can disarm an enemy, uh, which is kind of cool, like as a finisher, and then carry his weapon for a limited period of time until that weapon dies out. Uh, it's, it's interesting, it's fun, but again, like, I just think the first game was, was much more charming. And I grew up with the old DOS version, where you have an hour to get through the entire dungeon. 
go see the princess at the very end. Like, that was the game I grew up with when I was, like, six years old. So when this came out originally for the PlayStation 2, I was all about it. Loved it. And, uh, you know, playing through the first game again recently was really fun. The second one is just kind of like, oh, this seems like a chore. So uh, I'm not as diligent at trying to get through it as I was with the other ones. It's just not the same, you know? It's like uh, it's like watching uh, a really good television show, but then like the head writer leaves, like West Wing when uh, Aaron Sorkin left. And it's that was like, like oh, season five, sh- right? Yeah, it's like the sh- yeah, exactly. It's like oh, the show's so different, but I'm already <laughs> invested. Um, so it's kind of like that. But I mean, you know, it's it's a good like yeah, I have an hour to kill or whatever. So you know, puzzle solving, jumping around, fight combat. You know, it's fun. Hmm. Well, uh, I've heard yeah that the second one is pretty dark. I, I think. From what I understand, it's, it gets a little better with the third one in terms of just the tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would, you know, hopefully keep going with it and let me know oh, how I, it goes. I paid twelve dollars for the used copy. I'm going to get my twelve dollars for it. I'm playing all of these games. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, I uh, I don't I don't leave a plate that's not empty. So you know. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so Prince of Persia uh, and. Uh, Cliff, how about you? What have you been playing lately? Uh, I think I mentioned last time I was playing Metroid Prime. I'm still playing Metroid Prime. I'm still enjoying it. So that's <laughs> I feel like I like I brought up a bunch before. But let's see where I am now. I just got the Ice Beam. I think that's what it's called. The Ice Gun? I don't know. I think I it's the, the Ice the, Beam. I got the gun that opens up the white doors. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. You gotta, yeah. you gotta love color-coded doors and guns that go with it. It lets me know where I need to go and where I can't go yet. You know, it's I'm mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. I I have accepted that, that that is good. But you know what? I I appreciate that more than you know some other games that'll explicitly tell you where you need to go. This one just like shows you a colored door and you're like, well, can't do that. Don't have that color. At least you know then you're figuring it out on your own. Right? Yeah. Even. Even if it is a pretty straightforward thing to figure out. Yeah, you're but, connecting uh, your own dots. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so I'm connecting those dots, and, and uh, it's still good. I am still enjoying it. Um, I'm playing it in the uh, Metroid uh, Prime trilogy for the Wii, and uh, that is uh, very much an unfinished plate because I uh, played Prime and I played Metroid Prime Two, uh, but I never played mm-hmm. Prime Three. I started trying to get into it. I think I mentioned this before. I have no idea what I have or have not ever said. Um, well, uh, we did uh, talk. Yeah, you talked a little bit about uh, you. You played the first one, but we had you hadn't gone through the whole trilogy. Yeah, well, that's still true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still doing that, and uh, that's that's it. I played a little bit of Mario Kart a couple of days ago, and I'm still good at it. So, I love Mario. Donkey Kong Off Roader is my. That's my go-to for Mario Kart. Now, are we talking about the same Mario Kart? Because I think there are a lot of different flavors of Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, are are we talking about Mario Kart Wii or which Mario Kart? That's a very good point. Uh, uh, The Mario Kart for uh, the uh, Wii U, Mario Kart 8. Oh, Wii U. Oh, okay. I played that one the other day with a friend of mine, because my roommate in college had a Wii, and we played like a lot of the stuff that came out with that. Um, right. But Mario, like, I did play the Mario Kart for Wii U, and... Uh, we all took turns with actually having, like, the Wii U controller versus, like, the other ones. And mm-hmm. the best Mario Kart controller by far is still GameCube. Uh, I, t- yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know what, I, I can do perfectly well with any of them. Like, I do okay. fine with the Wii controller or the uh, gamepad or anything like that. I mm-hmm. do agree that the Smash controller is the best for, I just called it the Smash controller. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what yeah, game I'm going to say. <laughs> it's the best one 
it's the best one for Smash, right? But I think for Mario Kart, because it comes down to like four buttons that are in relatively the same positions on pretty much everything, well, uh, I think you can so get away. Much easier and shooting weapons backwards and forwards, like just ah, I love that old controller. Like that's that's again, I'm a PlayStation guy, so that controller is like what I want out of a game. That's fair. The controller's nice. I uh, I don't. Uh, could you use the GameCube controller on the Wii? Yes, for, you can. Uh, it plugs on the in. Wii, yeah. Yeah, that, that's Wii, compatible. I don't know about Wii U, but yes, on the Wii. No, you, you, def- you definitely can't do it there. But there's lots of other options. So, okay. uh, but yeah, it's uh, no, it's good. I'm still, still good at it. It's it, like I've I've beaten everything on it. So it now has become a game of when I play with my girlfriend. It's a game uh-huh. of me uh, trying to stay in second place and destroying the other enemies or the other enemies racers. I guess is the name. Uh, the so other racers are your enemies. Competitors, yeah. you know, yeah. the AI, the AI. Exactly. If you're doing too so far. I, I purposefully hang back and I try to stay like in like the second place. So that way, if anybody shoots ahead of me, I can try and destroy them so she can stay in first. It's much <laughs> more challenging, but uh, okay, it's uh, it's that's just how I play it now. <laughs> you're the tip into her, Jordan. That's exactly what I'm, I'm trying to set her up. I always remember when Jordan would go on the fast break, Scotty Pippen going in and destroying. The people who tried to chase down Jordan from behind. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's what I do. <laughs> Usually Pippin would go with the forward-firing banana peel, I think was his weapon of choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you never had anybody who was so far behind that they got the blue shell in it. You know, or else no. they would have well, used that's... that, especially during the... Uh, which Olympics was it where we just cleaned up? The, the one we cleaned up the most was 92. Yeah, like, that was just... Yeah, like, if anyone was ever going to get a blue shell... In a basketball game, that would have been the game, or that would have been the series. Uh, just outstandingly ahead of everything else. Well, that's I will leave you two to discuss that because I am out. <laughs> oh, I have oh, a come on. my basketball knowledge. Cliff, oh, okay. there's basketball in Toronto. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah there's basketball. Yeah, we have basketball, but that doesn't mean I, you know, frequent it. Mm. Your loss. Mm. Yeah, we have a steakhouse from one of our cities. Uh, mega players. Yeah, that's right. Where is your uh, Demar Derozan Steakhouse? Uh, I think they got the Gretzky's. Oh, uh, you, yeah, you, and Tim Hortons. Yes, yes, we do have a Gretzky's, and for a little while we had like a Wendell Clark's, <laughs> but it doesn't exist nice. anymore. So I think that Gretzky pretty much cornered the market on like hockey player themed restaurants. Wendell Clark tried. Honestly, though, I think it was more a locational thing. Location wasn't great. You got Tim Hortons. That's hockey, right? It is. Oh, yeah, that is hockey, isn't it? I never yeah, it that. is. Yeah, we had that in Ohio. I went to school in Ohio. Uh, Timmy Ho-Ho's was right down the street, man. Really? I didn't know they had them in Ohio. They did, at least in uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were well, all over Buffalo. Uh, that would definitely corner the market then, wouldn't it? So Gretzky's is not really cornering the markets so much anymore is just kind of like being nearby well tim hortons corners the market i guess yeah I what, what are the gretzky donuts like they're not at all what you would expect they're terrible you know wait gretzky's is actually a donut place i was just joking i have no idea what they serve <laughs> is it really no a donut place? no they're not i was okay. I, you know i was, <laughs> I was doing like, that based on the assumption that people knew no it's like a i don't know it's like a bar restaurant sort of thing their hamburgers are pretty good i'll tell you that so. okay there you go yeah, yeah. I, I just most of my knowledge about Canada comes from either How I Met Your Mother or South Park, so I apologize for my 8-bit <laughs> view of your world. <laughs> That's all right, guy. 
Fun, fun fact, uh, Gretzky's is attached to the Second City Toronto. Yes, oh, nice. it is. You can actually walk in between them through a doorway. That's not oh, outdoors. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Is the Second City Chicago outdoors? Well... Uh, it's not outdoors, no. No, but uh, there, there is an indoor portal to uh, Chipotle from the Second City Chicago. And oh, the like, uh, 24-hour Starbucks. And the Starbucks, yeah. And Up Comedy Club. And there used to be a movie theater there, but I think Second City bought that space. Yeah, that's part of their innovation? That's right, yeah. That's part of like the student movie film production area that they're making. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Metroid Prime and Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. That's it for me, I think. Bill, how about you? What are you, what are you, uh, what are you playing? Well, I'm playing a game called Freedom Planet. Okay. Sorry, is that, sorry, Freedom Plant, like Green Leafy, or Freedom Planet, like Earth? Oh, I'm With sorry. green leaves occasionally. Yes, planets. Yes, that's true. Like the orbiting ball of, uh, rock. Right. Uh, it, uh, 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 sometimes it could be They gases. are rogue planets, I know, yeah. Or they're gaseous. Actually, most major planets are gaseous. But uh, yes, I thought you were true. going with rogue planets and calling them on the orbiting. That's true. There are many exceptions to that description there. Against planets. <laughs> yeah, Bill. Come on. Look, all right. So, Freedom Planet is a, <laughs> um, it's kind of like a 16-bit style uh, 2D platforming game. It looks a lot like Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I mean, a lot to the point where your main character is like an anthropomorphic animal who talks to other anthropomorphic animals and has a spin dash attack and collects like power ups from the environment that you can store and they're your energy. It's it's really, really uh, derivative. But it's a good derivative. Wow. My favorite derivative game growing up was Jazz Jackrabbit. Oh, Jazz Jackrabbit oh, yeah. was great. Yeah, old school. Um, derivative, of course, of like any of those like side-scrolling mission ones. And I think, I don't know if this is true or not, but to me, Commander Keen will always be number one in those. Man, yeah. I, I played some Commander Keen back in the day on some oh, shareware Keen discs. Dreams? Keen Dreams? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, uh... Commander Keen is the daddy of Doom, and then uh, it is. Jazz Jackrabbit was made by Epic Games. Really? Yes. Yeah, it was made yeah, by Cliff Blazinski. Quite the encyclopedic knowledge of uh, 90s video games there, Bill. Thank what you. Did, uh, he, what did, Cliff Blazinski went on to do Gears of War, didn't he? That's right, yeah. I love Gears of War. Oh, so many college nights of Gears of War. Augustus <laughs> Coltrane. Coltrane. <laughs> I, I missed out on that by a couple of years, but it seems pretty awesome. I know, I know a you lot of people... You missed out on Gears of War? Buy an Xbox 360, get all three of those games, and have a wonderful month, or week, <laughs> or however long it takes you to go through it. Oh, God, they're so wonderful. Well, oh. it might it might take me a while. It's uh, We'll see how it goes. If It's three games. I'm assuming they're each like 15 hours each or more. Uh, well, I, mean, I think they've been like, what, there were three original ones, and then they did like a prequel one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's three and a half, or four, or however, I don't know. I, I played the first three. Uh, my, one of my really good friends, uh, from high school I went to college with also, like that, we would just stay up all night playing that. And it was just, it was one of the best co-op things ever. I loved the co-op in that game. It was so fun. That's awesome. I'll have to look into that, yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember sitting down and playing too many co-op games with people. Although I did have a bunch of friends over one time, and we, plugged in our Game Boy Advances into the GameCube to play Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. How was and, that? Oh, it was fantastic. It was it was great. We played it for so long. Actually, the, I think the game itself was only like maybe like eight hours long, because I think that they weren't expecting anybody was going to get four people to sit together in a room for you know that long period of time. Yeah. But uh, 
It was great. I could honestly tell you nothing about it, but uh, it was fun. I do remember that. And it having it's all some about the experience. Yeah. 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 You'd go into a room, and then it would appear on your own like Game Boy screen, like what room you were in, and then you'd do stuff in there, and then you'd go back out onto the map, and you'd appear on the screen again. It had some cool mechanics. That is that is really cool. That's, uh, man, that's like taking that like game console that's just personal and like it's mm. like no actually socially interact with people while doing it and then get back in your little area and then socially interact and then get back in your little area uh, yeah it I, was uh it was really neat yeah uh senior year of high school uh we played x-men legends 2 and x-men legends the week of uh not in that order but uh we played uh x-men legends and x-men legends 2 uh we would had like because the seniors at my high school like we took our finals two weeks early and we got out of school for the last two weeks of school so we'd go over to my house and we actually filled up all four guys on the PlayStation Two playing through the entire game and it was it was just a lot of fun with uh, everybody like being involved like you don't have the AI character like running off in the corner or getting killed like actually being able to be like all right guys here's what we're doing like you're the strong one you're the one who does this thing this is your specialty and stuff like that. It was fun. Uh, and then uh, Left 4 Dead just is the best, the best. I've never those were always Left 4 Dead. Oh. But I feel like I should, because it seems like it'd be everything that I like. I mean, I like, it's, it's in the Half-Life engine, and I like that engine. And uh, it's got zombies, and I like that. And uh, it's people working together, having a time. So well, I'm up for that, you too. get to play as the zombies. Like, Do you, you really? I didn't know online. that. Yeah, because uh, say you get a team together. Um, right. like, you know, on Halo or Call of Duty, anything like that, you can compete against other people and then switch to where not only are you the survivors, the next time you're the zombie, but you're these specialty zombies. Like, there's a zombie that vomits on you and attracts a horde, or <laughs> there's a zombie that's called the smoker that will spit out its tongue and tie you up. Uh, there's one that will just ram you in the second one, and oh, man, Left for Dead is so great. Oh, there's, oh. And there's one that will, like, just jump on the back and, like, just start ripping you apart. And then you get to be the tank, which is just, like, a roided out... <laughs> oh, the uh, tank was looked, always fun, yeah. It looked like the bad Dr. Jekyll from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, where he's like, oh, no, you drank all the serum! And, like, the guy's just horribly cg but it looks exactly like a tank from Left 4 Dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Freedom Planet. Yeah, give that a try. Oh, yeah, Freedom yeah. Planet. <laughs> Freedom Planet, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Zelda, but I got your conversation. What's up? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's uh, We should just let the conversation go where it wants to go. So lots of couch co-op recommendations. Freedom Planet's all right. It's a single-player game, so uh, you can find it on Steam, or they're bringing it out on Wii U. It's, it's pretty good if you're into like retro platforming-style games, like the Jazz Jackrabbits, like the Commander Keens. Mm-hmm. Uh, give it a look. Uh, so that's what we've been playing lately. Now we're going to go into discussing Ratchet & Clank, the series. Yes. So the first Ratchet and Clank game came out in 2002 on November 4th. It was made by yep. Insomniac Games. Mm-hmm. Other stuff that Insomniac has made is they did the first couple of Spyro Dra- the Dragon games. Mm-hmm. They did uh, Resistance, the whole Resistance series for the P- PlayStation. And then uh, last year they did Sunset Overdrive. Really? That was Insomniac, eh? Yeah. Oh. There you go. Learn something new every day from Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, so... Ratchet and Clank's kind of like, uh, I, I, it's uh, like a, a buddy cop sort of thing, I guess. I don't know. It's in the in the first game, in the first Ratchet and Clank game, uh, Ratchet is this uh, like mechanic, tinkering engineer sort of guy, and Clank is actually a like malfunctioning or like reject battle robot that's produced. 
there's some Hold like on. robot factory, and then he comes out like there's an error, and Clank is produced, and he's like way smaller than all the other ones. And uh, some yeah, somehow he ends up on the same planet as Ratchet, and they find each other, and then you know they find that they can help each other. But of course, there's misunderstandings in their early years, but then they you know they overcome that stuff. Uh oh, yeah, start kicking butt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh, I I came across Ratchet and Clank when the PS3 came out uh, because I I purchased it because the two games I was really excited about were Arkham Asylum and Marvel versus or not Marvel uh, DC versus Mortal Kombat. Uh, okay. Because I was like, it oh man, because I was a huge, 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 huge comic guy, and I was like, oh, these right. actually look kind of cool. Like those look like characters I would like. And, you know, I'd gotten really excited about uh, what Arkham Asylum was going to be and all this stuff. Uh, and also DC Universe Online, which was, like, so hyped up, and no one plays that anymore. Um, is that even still going? Uh, I'm sure it is. I, I, like, I was bummed out not a, uh, can't do it, like, just on your own. The thing I hate about those games is, like, no, I just want to play through a story. Or have a little sandbox going, you know? But they won't let you do that. Well, that's, a, I mean, a thing that some people worry about is the preservation of those games. Because they're not held anywhere. They're not even on a server somewhere like when an old when an old version gets overwritten for a new version it's not kept it's just you know thrown out wow interesting never thought of it that way but yeah so the other game that i had actually come across uh when i got the ps3 a buddy of mine loaned me ratchet and clank and i thought it was amazing like i like even on the back i think it actually said this on the back even on the back but i had said it before i had read it i was like this is like a pixar game like it's so yeah, charming, it it's so witty. Uh, as mm-hmm. a college kid, I was, you know, like, I'm an adult, and this is hilarious, but this is also really funny for kids, too, and all this stuff. Like, it was, it's just so, uh, it's, it crosses it's very, all the borders. It's got, yeah, it has a very, like, cartoony sort of appearance to it, but the whole worlds, or rather, all the worlds that they make are super, super cinematic as well. Like, the opening scene in Tools of Destruction... Uh, oh, the world yeah. is being ravaged, and you're jumping across the world, going from like gravity platform to gravity platform as you're fighting oh. like oncoming attackers. But in the background, you see they're like attacking buildings, and you're going down the grind rails, and like buildings are falling all around you, and doing all this sort of crazy stuff. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous introduction. Oh, it's and it's act, and it's not overwhelming either. Like you have the weapon <laughs> and the fighting system of it is so simple. Mm-hmm. Like, it is. It's, it's so simple to what it's one of those games where you can hand it to like a little kid and he's not going to get frustrated because he's not going to be able to do like combos or whatever. Or you can hand it to an experienced gamer who wants to like just mess around. And, you know, it, it's just it's it's very fun. And the comedy of it is so great. Like as each like character that you defeat, uh, you know, dies or whatever, it's always some sort of funny thing. Like the main villains are these fishbowl. Uh, aliens, <laughs> yeah. and like every time you see it, it's like a goldfish out of water, like the most cartoony death, and it's like, ah, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like explode, and then you see them flopping around on the ground, and I yeah. think you can go up and like shoot them again or squish them again to get some more yeah, money. Yeah, they're mech suit, like, and that's another thing, like, you know, they're a little, like, these scary robot things are coming at you, bust it, and it's just like, you know, it's like Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> just a little thing that can't do anything outside of its big scary armor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty funny. I think it's the same thing with the villain as well. Uh, Do- uh, Dr. Nefarious in that one, right? No, I think Dr. Nefarious comes back in in uh, Crack in Time. Oh. Uh, but it's uh, it's the Cragmite guy. He's yes, like sitting right, on the fancy right, yeah, chair yeah, yeah, yeah. and he wants the um, he wants that helmet 
<laughs> which is the secret weapon of the long yeah the secret weapon. Yeah. it's it was called like the gravinator or something i don't remember uh, something yeah, along those yeah. lines but uh which was if i can remember the name but it, that was even a really really funny bit as well because it turned out that the super super the dimensionator that's what it was yes called. that's what it was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it uh turned out that like this super powerful weapon was like a helmet and then to activate it he has to, like, pull on a cord on the side like he would for, like, an old gas mower or something. Oh, He's got to, yeah, like, yeah. rev it up on the side. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And that's kind of like an Insomniac uh, trademark is, like, these wacky weapons that are completely overpowered or nonsensical. I mean, that's one of the charming points of this game. you turn your enemies into chickens? Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know if either of you remember, but uh, when Ratchet & Clank was originally coming out, this was back in 2002, there was a series of ads that were running on television, and uh, it uh, was like uh, video footage of like people who were like, uh, we're testing out this weapon from Ratchet and Clank, and it was like they built like a real-life version of this gun, but then showed what happened with it like in reality, and they were all like, whoa, what's happening? Like, I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but they were very clever. Like, it would show the weapons, and the, the point was that the game had like these big, ridiculous weapons that did all sorts of different crazy things. Uh, yeah. At the time, there was, like, a, I think it was called the Sheepinator, the original one. Yes, um, where you would turn your enemies into sheep. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah. those commercials. There was a couple other, like, there were other ones later on. There was one, I think they turned into, like, the, the Quack Array a little bit later on, which turned mm -hmm. your enemies into ducks. Um, and then, if you upgraded it enough, it turned into something called the Quack of Blitzer, which would turn your enemies into, like, flying vampiric ducks that would go and, like, attack your enemies as well. Wow. So that was, yeah, crazy. There were other things as well. You remember in Tools of Destruction, they had the Groovatron, which was... Yes, uh, where the uh, enemies little... would dance. That was my favorite grenade, because you could just light everyone up. And everyone's dance was so different. Yeah, it was. I think, as far as I can remember, you could make every single enemy, like, including bosses, dance oh, the bosses with the Groovatron. the were hilarious. <laughs> And, like, even the big monster ones, when you're in the arena, like, the gladiator yeah. arena and all that stuff, like, these gigantic things where... The thing that always frustrates me about games like that is when you get a really cool weapon and then you use it against something that's not effective at all. Like, just no. because it's like, oh, well, this is a boss battle. It's like, no, this is still is. And it's yeah, so you funny. Could use, you could use pretty much whatever you wanted to kill any of the bosses. And, in fact... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, sorry, go ahead. I was just... Uh, I could remember there being certain bosses when I would just have to switch between weapons because I would keep running out of ammo. Like, mm -hmm. I would want to use, like, the missile launcher, like the destructor or whatever it was called, but then I'd run out of ammo on that, so I'd got to go back to some other things and I'd try to go back and forth, right? And you could mm -hmm. use any of them. Some of them were more effective than others, but, uh, you know, uh, it kind of encouraged you to switch it up a lot. I mean, yeah. I know that I, I can't speak really personally from the Ratchet and Clank games, but like in most other shooters, like, you know, you get the assault rifle, and that's pretty good. You're pretty much set with the assault rifle from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. It's all you need. You don't need to upgrade, yeah. Right. There's no upgrading, there's no need to experiment or improvise, but Ratchet and Clank, from what I can tell, kind of forces that on you. It well, did. like, and... each time you upgrade the weapon, it just, it does something just different enough to where it's really interesting. Like, one of my favorites are the, uh, the little goo monsters you could have following you around, it gets to a point oh, where yeah. you throw this grenade that's like a goo monster, and it will attack enemies, but as you level it up, it will actually follow you around for a little bit, and mm -hmm. it will do more hits, and it was so cool uh, with that. Did you get the Rhino Forever? Or yeah, the Rhino I did. Four? Yeah, where yep. you uh, have to find all the uses to build this one specific gun. 
Oh, and when you play it, what's the music that plays? It's the, it's the 1812 Overture. Overture. Yeah. Bill, you, <laughs> you just, just launch the gun, it just... and it's just mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely launches missiles silly. everywhere. And, and, like, in any of the, like, regular levels, it's like you don't have to do anything. And it's just, like, such a cheesy little, like, uh... And it's like fireworks. And then when you're using it on the bigger enemies, like you can run out of this thing and it takes down like half of their life if you come into those battles with that thing fully charged. It totally it's did. Great. That's a that's a, a staple of the Ratchet and Clank games. Um in the very first one, to get the, the original Rhino, you had to get like an insane amount of bolts um and mm-hmm. find the this smuggler in the city somewhere. But then once you did, it was like, that was it. Like, that was the yeah. gun to use, because it would destroy everybody. So I ended up playing through again, uh, just using the Rhino on everything. <laughs> so I love playing through everything. I love playing through the Ratchet and Clank games again. That was another thing about them that was really cool. Like, the first video game I ever plat was uh, Crack in Time. Yeah, because it, it, it rewards you for going back and doing it again, because you get all the same stuff. And then as well, it would give you like a bolt multiplier. So as long as you didn't take any damage, the amount of bolts that you would get would continually multiply to the point when you could be getting like 20 times the bolts uh, just for, you know, defeating the same enemies. Did you play the Quark game that's the game within the game of Ratchet and Clank? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Bit Comics, right? Yeah. And did you get, did you, uh, did you get the 10 million points or whatever that you needed? I think I must have because I'm pretty sure I flattened them as well. Yeah. I just don't remember. I, that was like the last thing I had to do, and I spent like six hours on that one thing because my uh, same guy that loaned me the first game when the second one came out, he's like, I've already platinumed it, and I was like, all right, you know, whatever, whatever you can do, I can do. I can uh, do it too. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, oh man, it was such like it got to a point like that was the only chore about it, and I made the chore just because I wanted to get to the points or whatever, but. Right. Even with that, it's like games like Assassin's Creed or uh, Red Dead Redemption or like those sort of kind of related games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always feel like at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, I have to finish all these side missions and I have to do all this stuff. I've never felt that playing a Ratchet and Clank game because it's so entertaining throughout the entire process. Yeah, it, it and, is. And the story is so good. Like the idea that he's the last of the Lomp Axes mm-hmm. and... Oh, like the narrative is so cool. They actually came out with a comic book after uh, Crack in Time, I want to say, or it might have been before Crack in Time. I can't remember. It was like a six-issue miniseries, and the comic book was really good too because uh, they take these characters, which you know they're fun because it's a video game. You get to interact, and you're sort of part of developing that story. Mm-hmm. But the comic, which was done through, I want to say, uh, uh, IDW, I think, was the publisher for it. It was like a six-issue miniseries. It was great. Um, it like it, it nailed the art. It had the humor. Like, you had Big Al in it. Oh, the guy perfect. the toilet, yeah. Yeah, yep. Big yeah. Al's a staple. Yeah, it was so, oh, man. There, there's, it's just a mine of gems, and I cannot wait for the movie to actually get off the ground. Apparently, April 2016. Yep, April yeah, 2016. Oh, I'm so It's going to be good. I mean, the, the, um, the games are already so pretty much a movie. Uh, for some parts. Yeah. Um, so, but the fact that now they're making a movie about it just means that they can do so much more with it. Um, and um, I think they're, I think they're, uh, we're they're actually bringing back a lot of the game actors too, in fact. Great. They? Yeah, they're using all the same voice actors and everything? Yeah, yeah, like they're adding voice actors in that. Is anyone like, uh, I think, no, we're, uh, no, we're the outside of, to like the amateur 
<laughs> gamer, like I know Nolan North. Is that that's a guy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pr- yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, that's I'm pretty Nathan sure Drake. Ratchet's voice is like a. It's a pretty common uh, voice actor who does voice. Uh, it says uh, Mike Kelly and James Arnold Taylor. And James okay. Arnold Taylor, see what he's done. Uh, Cliff, while you look, I just want to ask sure. you guys, you've played several of these games. If you had to recommend just one to people who haven't played them, which would you recommend? Tools of Destruction. So that's uh, the, the first PlayStation 3 one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would probably, I would also say Tools of Destruction, um, but um, if I had to go with the PS2 ones, I would definitely say Up Your Arsenal, which was the third one in the series. Um, well, and the, also, if you have a PS3, you can do all of them, because they have the trilogy release. Which oh yeah, have... then yeah, the, yeah, I would recommend I would recommend the trilogy. Then that's what I would do. Um, the first, the first Ratchet and Clank was great. I loved it, um, but they greatly improved upon it in the second and the third one. Um, because in the second one, that's when they introduced the leveling up your weapons mechanic. Mm-hmm. And I think in the second one, they also introduced like new types of armor, and there were other side things. I think there was oh, stuff that I you forgot about the armors. That's right. Yeah. In the in the first one the only thing that you could do is you could upgrade your health uh once uh and then another time, but that was that was it. Um so they totally changed that uh in the second one because you could get like you could just keep getting more and more experience and your health could keep going up and up and up. You could do the same thing with all your weapons as well. And then they just improved that even more in the third one. And I think the third one also had a introduced the ship combat system as well. I'm pretty sure there was like a sweet ship combat system in Tools of Destruction. Uh, but so, uh, I, I know Kraken Time had one. Tools of Destruction was alright, because it was kind of like you're on the one perspective, and you can strafe left and right, or like do barrel rolls left and right, but then uh, right. I think uh, you got more involved with Kraken Time uh, on that one. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. And, and again, it was still great, but just like you said, right. they have the basis, and then they improved upon it. Like, I was... One thing I liked that they actually toyed around with when they were on the first PlayStation 3 platform was using the six-axis controller to uh, yes. use yeah, it to I fly or control the tornado gun. I personally didn't like using the six-axis that way. Uh, I thought for flying it was all right, but for like controlling the tornado, I was like, ah, I'm just going to use the joystick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, I don't think they carried all of that over uh, with Kraken uh, Time, but they do, like, there's no. still an element of it, and it's they just one of those things of, like, they tried it, and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is what worked, this is what didn't, and then let's try this new idea for the next one. It wasn't just rehashing the same thing and putting, like, different wallpaper up. No. That was, that is one nice thing that they do as well, is they try new things throughout the series. They give mm-hmm. you a lots of different, uh, like, newer things to do. Um, even though it had a lot of the same mechanics, you'd be doing them in different ways, or you'd be doing them in different cool stuff. Like the pirates, the pirate uh, thing where, where you uh, you have to pretend to be a pirate. Is that a? Yeah, that was great. That was the Hall of Guys. That was uh, yes. that might have been in Kraken Time because that, yeah, like that, that was so like yeah. that, that, that those levels fun. were great. Mm-hmm. I remember the pirate ships were so interesting. And again, going back to like all these different characters that would do I funny things. I think that disguise mechanic may have been introduced earlier. I forget mm-hmm. in what game, but I think that was earlier. But it was still like it's still fun. And yeah. uh, Kraken Time also had the sweet. Uh, clank uh, side missions with uh, those were fun, like the yeah. time bending stuff. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, was awesome. Well, and you're finding out like the uni- the universal clock or what was it called? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was oh, it was whatever that city is that like clock city mm-hmm. built at the exact center of the universe, give or take fifty feet, <laughs> like something. Yeah. That's how they'd always describe it. So, and I liked I like Kraken Time brought back uh, Doctor Nefarious again. 
which yeah. I liked that they did that because Dr. Nefarious originally appeared in Up Your Arsenal, but I mm-hmm. felt at the time that it was too contrived of a villain. Like, it was too obvious of a choice. Um, they, the first villains from the very first, the very first Ratchet and Clank had Chairman Dreck as uh, the original villain, and actually there was a huge twist because uh, they introduced Captain Quark in the very first one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, the whole game, like, Ratchet was talking about how big Captain Quark was, and he was his hero and everything like that. Of course, it turns out Captain Quark is actually working for Chairman Drek, and mm-hmm. uh, they have and a... And he's uh, also Captain Quark. He's useless. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's totally useless. But he actually comes back uh, in the final fight, like, Ratchet... Actually, it was Ratchet and Glank both give him, like, this motivational speech, and then Captain Quark comes back, and he's flying around and, like, shooting at uh, Drek there. And uh, the second game had this uh, other huge villain. Uh, there was some like uh, some menacing pet or something that went crazy and started multiplying everywhere, uh, which mm-hmm. was a cool thing as well. Um, but then when they introduced Doctor Nefarious, I thought it was just uh, it was too it was too obvious. But at the same time, they did it really really like clever. Like every now and then he would glitch and just start playing like this audio tracks from like a soap opera in his head, which I thought was funny. And they had his butler Lawrence as well. Um, and I, I think Lawrence came back in Kraken Time, too. I don't remember. But uh, yeah. I like anyway. Kronk and Zephyr. Those are my favorite characters. Yeah, those guys are like the old, old, uh, the old, old yeah. robots. The right? old battle yeah. robots, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. especially how they come back in. And again, I haven't played uh, Nexus, or what's the third one in the future yeah, trilogy? Yeah, uh, actually, I just like looked that up earlier today. It's called Into the Nexus, which I guess is like yeah. the third one in the uh, Ratchet and Future trilogy. Future series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they there's also All for One, which... I was going to play, but that mm-hmm. was also around the time where I, like, I just gotten out of school and I was really busy with, like, other things. I'm not as, I don't make time for video games. It's just one of those things of, like, I'll do it if I can. So, sorry, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, uh, I remember that one not getting great reviews. Mm-hmm. So, it just sort of, like, was like, oh, okay, well, I really liked the first two. And then now, uh, like, Nexus, or uh, Into the Nexus is something I'm interested in because it's continuing the trilogy. And that's what, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things, the cons that I had heard about uh, Ratchet Clank All for One was like, yeah, you can play as four players, but it's not really picking up the same story. It's its its own thing. As mm-hmm. opposed to, well, let's finish the story because at the I, end of time ended on a big cliffhanger, didn't it? Uh, I know Tools of Destruction did because you lost Clank. Oh, Sorry. yeah. That's Oof, what I'm thinking of. That's guys. exactly Jeez. what I'm thinking of. Ugh. Well, what? It's it's like saying, but that's the premise of the of the second game. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, but yeah, it's it's just such a it's a real heavy one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in doing that. So once I finish my chore of Prince of Persia, I'll probably pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> but you were describing before. You're like, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Now it's a chore. Well, I or maybe mean, I just miss maybe I just misinterpreted what you were saying before. Uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the first game. I'm on the second game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds great, guys. I mean, it's it sounds like you both really enjoyed the series and uh, putting a pin in whether or not you own a PS4. If you did, would you be looking to play the the remake that's also coming out with the movie next year? Oh, absolutely. I d- I- Definitely would. I can imagine that they would take a bunch of the mechanics that they developed later in the series and reintroduce them into the first one. And I think yeah. that would be awesome. With any system launch, I'm always on the. Like, I've, I'm not going to buy a new system because of like one game I'm excited about. And for me, it, it, there has to be a continuation of the story. Like I enjoy playing games, but again, like the thing I really do appreciate the most about Ratchet and 
Clank is the writing of it. It's mm-hmm. clever. These characters uh, have feelings. They have their own quirky take on life. Like, I love how, uh, like, for example, Clank is just such this goofy little thing. Uh, and there's the buddy relationship between Ratchet and Clank that's just off. It, it really tugs at the heartstrings at times. Um, not really related to, you know, oh, well, these are the new graphics that we're doing, and this is the whole new game system that we can have now. But you know, when you get something solid like that, like, once you get three or four of those stacked up, it's like, okay, I'll consider going on to the next console. So, like, I've known people that got the PS4 because Arkham uh, Knight was coming out. And I wasn't a huge fan of Origin, so I was like, oh, I'll hold off. Um, well, Knight but, is... Uh, a- different case too because origins was not made by the same studio that made the first two games i platinum the first two games on the fighting stuff so like yeah i was like this fighting system is completely different and i hate it and they're like no it's the same thing it's like no it is not the timing is off and i know (laughs) this because i literally perfected all of the fighting on the first two games this is different uh, (laughs) uh, when uh there was the transition from guitar hero to to Guitar Hero 3, and oh, yeah. uh, you're like, okay, I got this down, and like, you're cool. And then you look at Guitar Hero 3, and you're like, yeah, it's, a, it's the same game, but it's just a little bit different, and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> it's different enough for me to not enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends was his brother's, sorry to go on a Guitar Hero tangent. No, it's he was sure. so good at it. Uh, I can't remember the last song on Guitar Hero 3. Guitar but Hero like the, 3, the the one... Oh, there was, are a couple uh, ones. Devil Went Down to Georgia. Well, no, I think the one he's talking about is Through the Fire and Flames, though. Is yeah, that, that yes, was the... Yes, that's the... That was the super tough one. Yeah. yeah, well, Jake could play it on hard, and they're like, Jake, you're really good. Jake turns around from the TV and is hitting all of the buttons and nailing it. Like, Jake also plays guitar, but Guitar Hero and Guitar are two different things. Oh yeah. Jake is playing, we make a comment, and he just looks at us with kind of like a game face, like, I'm amazing right now. <laughs> and it was just like, you had too much time to learn that. <laughs> like, that was just, oh. Like, I remember that... one time I, uh, I went to a bar, because there was a bar that was having Guitar Hero Nights, and mm-hmm. I had uh, the first part of uh, Sweet Child of Mine memorized, and I yeah. turned around and I started playing it, and I was like, oh yeah. But that's right. Years of work have been building to this point, and then I messed it up in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. no. Once you oh. mess up on that, yeah. Yeah, super shameful, because like, everyone was like, oh, we had such high hopes when you turned around. I was like, I had high hopes, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pro move. Now, now, if they actually did that, if they had uh, Ratchet Clank Knights at video games with the Gladiator uh, oh, I could I could go through the entire thing untouched. Yeah. Oh, like, man. Do you remember the, uh, the Wrench Ninja? fights when you would have to take down like the bigger bosses using only the just, wrench just the omni wrench first off i think the omni oh my is god one of the best weapons in video game history oh it's so great it's so it, it's, it's so like thematically tied in like obviously yeah. he's like a tinkerer he uses this great wrench right yeah well and also the, it's like okay i'll accept that this thing's a boomerang this has no aerodynamic properties whatsoever <laughs> this is not a it's battering magnets or something yeah, Who knows? this is this is not like something you have, it's just it's just it's like oh yeah that's what that does it's kind of like a sonic screwdriver it's like yeah it, it does whatever it needs to do um and it fits on everything like i love that that's like the go-to i kind of would play just with that more often than not just because i liked the look of it like with the guns are funny, but walking around with them, I always found to be a bit weird. Uh, 
here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's like it's the little guy and it's 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 the funny aesthetic. Uh, but uh, part of part of the thing when I'm playing a game is like, man, I want to watch something that I like, and it's like, oh, that's cute, but I'm not gonna watch him walk around with this huge gun for like right. 30 minutes. So I would intentionally switch to the smaller weapon when I wasn't fighting just because I didn't want to walk around with that, and I just love that he had the wrench with him. It's like, I'm ready, guys. What's broken? Like, the guy who walks in, it's like, oh, yeah, I can fix that for you. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Kind of like if Kramer would would come into Jerry's apartment with a wrench. My guy, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't question it. <laughs> well, I think with that token comedy reference, uh, we can bring our episode of Ratchet and Clank to a close. All right. Uh, Steven, I think you've been... Very, very helpful today. Thank you so much. You really bailed me out here from having to know anything about the game. <laughs> oh, good. I'm uh, great. I, you should I, try it though. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill, like they're great when you get a chance. I, I have played the. I played the first one for a few hours, and I played a little bit of third. Uh, third. The third one. You borrowed them from Pete, right? Yeah, yeah. I played. Yeah. The first one for like three hours, and then I played the second one for like an hour, and I was like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. <laughs> oh, oh, Bill. Yeah. A little bit that's, deeper than that. Yeah, I was about to say like that's going to like that's like going to Alinea, which is a Chicago like ninth best restaurant in the world, and be like, oh yeah, 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 you guys, uh, you guys have French fries. <laughs> uh, I'll keep that uh, comparison in mind when I'm picking my next game to start. Yeah. Uh, so Stephen, serves French fries. <laughs> uh, Stephen, do you have any projects you would like to plug slash promote at this time? Uh, I play with my independent improv team, Handsome. Uh, since this is going up Monday. Uh, hopefully we will have already won a run uh, at uh, Improv Gladiators, which is that corn conservatory here in Chicago. Uh, we're in the semifinals coming up this Friday, uh, October 2nd, and then October 3rd are the finals. So, you know, hopefully we will have won by then. Uh, I also do magic throughout the city, and... Uh, Performance-wise, I'm going to be going to Atlanta uh, at the end of October to film another installment of a project called The Adventures of Paula Peril. It's like Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane without Superman. I play the Jimmy Olsen character. Um, the specific story that we're doing is called The Serpent Cult. It is mobsters versus Aztec, South American-influenced cult stuff. Uh, there are ancient rituals. There's the photographer. It's me. There's the damsel in distress, who is actually the very capable, uh, you know, Paula Peril, you know, kind of like, uh, I would say Laurel Croft meets Lois Lane is a good one. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up, and that's what I'm working on. That sounds really cool, man. Uh, yeah. Where will we be able to see that when it's finished? Uh, Atlantis Studios. Atlantis is in It's Sunk Underwater, um, is uh, the producer of it. I believe they're looking to release it uh, before the end of the year. Um, so it's a very fast turnaround time, but, uh, there are some other installments of it that you can find, uh, through atlantastudios.com. Uh, I've done two projects with them in the past. The first one was, uh, Paul Apparel Midnight Whistle. Uh, that was pretty fun because I got to run from a train, um, and do some, uh, some fun stuff in that. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, there's also... The Adventures of Paul Apparel, which takes all of the uh, existing ones and sort of strings those stories together. So yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, it's, a, it's a fun project with good people. Um, the whole premise is really just kind of like this investigative reporter who, uh, you know, takes takes the journalism job and is trying to make the city better through it. Uh, so yeah, it's very uh, it's very uh, pulp fiction, as in like pulp magazines, not Quentin Tarantino uh, mm-hmm. influenced. Um, but yeah, awesome it's, man! It's a cool project. That's again through Atlantis Studios. Nice. Uh, so that 
does bring us then to the end of another episode of So Many Bits. We can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at So Many Bits. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review. Or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. And, uh, Stephen, this is uh, normally the time of the podcast where we end very confidently. Assertively, yes. Yeah. Assertively done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Wrapped. Is that confident Like a enough? present. Yeah. Was that confident enough? I don't want it to be unconfident. I want him to think that was confident. Was that good enough? That was, that was great. Yeah, what's up, people? It's Carney Gears. Are you feeling me, robot? I'm feeling you. I see the future. Now what do I see? Robots going crazy across the...